I don't know, it's not showing up on the screen. So, Garage, um, can you talk so maybe you'll come onto the screen? Hello? Here you are, yeah. Okay. Good morning. So, you want to share anything that's happening in your side of the world? Well, not too much. Um, I think I mentioned last week I got an electric bike. Yeah. How's it going? Not too good. I proceeded to uh, oh, no. fly over the handlebars downhill and crash. Oh, no. Yeah. I just felt just short of breaking my, breaking my wrist and my collarbone, and I had a minor uh, concussion. I'm all banged up. It's kind of hard to move in some directions, but I can sit and... Oh, no. I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, well, you know, Mahara is going to be sending you Reiki probably in about two minutes. She hears that. Well, oh. I'm pretty sore. But I know what the problem was, so it won't happen again. <laughs> That's good. I know it happened, but it was pretty dramatic, yeah. Were so, you by yourself? Were you alone when that happened? Well, it was, it was yeah. Well, I was on the... I had Audari itself, and I was going down one of the paths, at, and anyway, I won't go into this. I wasn't going too fast, but fast enough that it was it was pretty bad. So I'm, I'm healing. It happened on Tuesday, so I'm getting better. Oh, anyway, we're very glad that you're here with us. You look, you look radiant and healthy, but I... Happy to be with you all, yeah. Okay, so we can start the questions. Um, Sumati, you want to go first? You've been so patiently for weeks waiting to ask a question. Um, in the Prayobhakti Rasarnava, um, Trila Nayanananda Thakur is presenting the four different kinds of cowherd boys. And he talks about the Priyasakas as if they're the most confidential associates of Krishna, especially the four, um, Sridham, Sudham, Vasudham, and Kinkini, because they're Krishna's antaranya, antakarana. Thank you. Um, but I always thought from what you said that the Priyanarmasakas are more confidential associates of Krishna than the Priyasakas. So I was just wondering if you could speak about that. Mm -hmm. Well, Nanananda Thakur's uh, work is, uh, is um, uh, of course, written from his own perspective. And um, he follows in the line of Sundarananda um, Thakur, one of the associates of Nityananda Prabhu, who in Krishna Leela is Sudama Gopa. So he's a Priyasaka. So that line coming from Sundarananda um, is a Priyasaka line. So some of his own bias may show up at times, positive in a positive sense, this bias, his his affinity for uh, Priyasaka Bhav over Narmasaka Bhav. But I think that um, it's 
he does probably um, mention, and I can't recall, but I, I believe somewhere in the book, he, he'll mention the confidential status of the Narmasakas and their special bhava um, and, and so forth. I think he's objective as he can be, <laughs> but um, he gets a little excited about the, the Priyasakas. Um, and he had some interesting um, um, insight into the four uh, Sakas or friends of Krishna who are said to uh, be embodiments of his, his, his um, uh, Ahankar, Bodhi, Manas, and Chitta, his Antakaran, as I mentioned collectively. And uh, that is that the four that are mentioned are uh, Dham, Sudam, Kinkini, and Vasudam, I believe. But he uh, includes Sudama, and he he says that that the, from the Tantra, perhaps it's the Brihadgotamiya Tantra, um, where that's described. And, uh, that uh, Dham is name, name Dham is a, is the name of a particular coward boy, but he says it's that he's Sudama, but Dhamma is used for grammatical purposes. The su is left off to in order to meet the proper amount of syllables and, and so forth. So that's an interesting, and he he says that on the strength of um, his conviction, which is appropriate that Sudama or Sridham, Sridham, I'm, I'm saying, I should say Sridham instead of Sudam. So Dham, he says, means Sridham because Sridham is the most absolute, most prominent uh, Priyasaka friend of Krishna. That's the older brother of, of, of Radharani. Um, and um, to not have him included in that group of four uh, boys that again personify the subtle body of of Krishna's Swarup is something he could not uh, he could not accommodate that. So uh, <laughs> um, he uh, includes Sri Dham in there. Dham, a debatable point, but I think that his his bhava there, his feeling for that is he supports by. Uh, reference to the grammar and uh, and it's mm -hmm. acceptable um, but um, that said also uh, just to f continue along those lines a little bit Jiva Goswami in commenting on this um, brings this up in, in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu in his commentary and he refers to the Tantra and, and so forth um, uh, he doesn't make the point as I said that Nayanananda does regarding Sridham but he does make another uh, interesting point, and that is that he says actually these four who are Priyasakas are actually Priyanarmasakas. Hmm? Because, he said, they're involved in all of Krishna's pastimes, hmm? which would include his romantic pastimes. However, of course, we would have to f say further that they're not involved actively in all of those pastimes. But they're they're there witnessing, so to speak, just like you can't go anywhere without your 
manas, buddhi, chitta, and hankar. So they're there in that sense. They're not there physically, if you will, in those leelas and participating like the narmasakas are, like Subal um, and uh, Ujwal and others, but uh, they're privy to them, they're aware of them, they're witnessing them, um, uh, and so forth. I, I think that he probably in, uh, singles them out as the four boys who were with Krishna during the Gopi Vastrahara Leela when Krishna yeah. stole the clothes of the gopis. They were in the tree laughing and making making jokes and they were sent by Krishna um, to, to the waters to uh, negotiate with the girls who threatened to pull them in <laughs> and then they ran back to the tree. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, that's a Leela where they're, 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 they are in, in, involved in early, earlier Leela. Um, <clears throat> Uh, that's kind of a Gandharva marriage, if you will, between Krishna and the gopis. But um, otherwise, they're not actively involved. So it's kind of a pre-Narma and a half, you know, kind of uh, Narmasaka perspective. But that's that. That's not, Rupa Goswami doesn't make that point, but Jiva Goswami feels like that about them. So, uh, it, you know, in that sense, they could be said to be the dearest as well. But to say that this gopa is dearest or that gopa is dearest is, is uh, just to give you an example, once um, a god brother of mine heard the pranam mantra that was written, I think, by Govinda Maharaj for Pujapatrita Maharaj and uh, uh, Saraswatanam Varam, you know, he said he's the best of the, the students, disciples, the followers of. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, and he was so upset because Sridhar Marsh was being called the best. And, and in his estimation, his guru, Prabhupada, was, was the best. And to say that anyone else was the best was um, offensive in his mind. This relates to, of course, uh, a point I was discussing the other day with the devotees from Latin America. Um, the relative and absolute perspective of the guru. Uh, Sridharmarsh brings that up in Sri Guru's grace very briefly, and he only speaks about it from this vantage point that the guru has a absolute relationship with the disciple, but he has a different relationship with his own associates, hmm? um, which is relative by comparison. Hmm? Now, for a neophyte disciple to hear that there's relativity in his guru, he or she might think that's offensive. But what's really being explained there is a deeper understanding of uh, Guru Tattva and how he, the guru, has you know, an absolute kind of relationship with the disciple. And then at the same time, he has other relationships where he's seen in a relative life. And to enter into the life of the guru, you fully, you're going to enter into the fact that he has, or she has other relationships as well. And so to mention that point, the relative and the absolute in that context, is actually to try to bring devotees into a deeper and more uh, 
rich and profound understanding of Guru Tattva than the simple Guru's absolute, you know, and so forth, which, which then even, for, even in relation to the disciple, that, has, that, that comes into question in, 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 certain, uh, uh, in certain times and, um, and so on. Uh, you know, for example, if the Guru speaks about relative subject matters, uh, um, the Guru says, uh, you know, that, that potatoes don't taste good. Well, <laughs> you know, they may not to, to him and that, that may be okay. Uh, but some some coward boys like potatoes and some like eggplants. So, and it's, they're both, well, it's both all right, both pleasing to Krishna. So, you know, that's, you know, developing the idea further, absolute and relative of the guru. But I'm getting a, a little bit of, aside here from the main point, but uh, the, that, that gobbler had a problem with that. Of course, I was quick to point out to him that Sridhar Marsh or Govinda Marsh had also written a pranam for Prabhupada. Hmm? And, and there were four pranam mantras. And in those pranam mantras, he, he calls him the best follower of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So uh, there's more than one uh, best, if you will, uh, and uh, from different angles of vision. I mean, Shira, Shiva is, uh, Mahadev Shiva is called the best Vaishnava, Vaishnavana Mitashambhu in Srimad Bhagavatam. How do you deal with that when, when the gopis uh, are highlighted in the uh, uh, um, Ras Panchajai, the, the kind of the, the, the climax of the whole book and so forth. But of course we do uh, deal with it and, and by way of explaining that, that there are different ways of looking at best uh, and, and so forth. So all those gopas, all gopis are, are the best in, in one sense. Uh, and, and that's the ultimate and absolute, that's the absolute truth. The absolute truth is that the bhava of the devotee, particular devotee is best uh, for that devotee. It can't get any better for that devotee. Objectively speaking, in other sense, it's one, for, one bhava affords more intimacy than, than, than another. That's, that's also true. So does that help? Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, another question. Okay, um, Uddhava has a question, but it's in the chat. Um, since should it, okay, in Guru, in Shri Guru and his grace, Srila Shri Maharaj mentioned something about three gradual steps. The first one related to Nityananda, the yeah. second to Garanga, and the final to Radha and Krishna. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, because I was not so sure if you could hear me, so I wrote the question. Yes, I was reading one of his grades recently again. And uh, yes, it came to that place where Siddhar Maharaj is speaking, like describing spiritual advancement in three phases and saying that one first must approach Nityananda Mahaprabhu. Then he must approach Gauranga Mahaprabhu, and finally he can reach Radha Krishna. So I would like if you could, you know, expand the subject, or maybe you know say why. Yeah. So he said first Nityananda Prabhu, then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then Radha Krishna. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, sure. Um, uh, 
that's that's an interesting way of looking at that, and I I think that uh, it uh, it's appropriate. Many Vaishnavas would agree um, within the Gaudiya Sampradaya. Basically, the idea there, of course, is that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was Radha and Krishna, right? Combined, and um, you know, if you look closely at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you'll see Krishna. If you look even closer, you'll see Radha, because he's Krishna disguised in a golden complexion, and that happens to be the complexion of Radha, whose bhava uh, corresponds with their complexion and which Chaitanya Krishna is in pursuit of, right? So it should be fairly clear that uh, that going through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, one gets Radha and Krishna. Uh, but regard, with regard to the first step, um, uh, Prabhu is the one who gave, really, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the world. Hmm? So it's said that um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, poetically, for example, it said that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took the Yuga Dharma, which is Nam Sankirtan, for hmm? the Yuga, and he wove it together in, with Prem of Braj in a garland. Hmm? Right? But he, you know, I'll extend upon that. Um, he has, sometimes he's posed like this with one hand up and one hand out. He's trying to reach out, but he's drawn up. So his Mahabhav is taking him away and making it hard for him to give at the same time. So he, he relies upon the two hands of Nityananda Prabhu, who are often depicted like this, reaching out. That's where he places that garland. So to speak, I'm speaking poetically. And Nityananda Prabhu garlands the world then with um, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is all about. It, in, in an initial uh, stage of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and also in terms of breadth of distribution. So what I mean by that is, initially, Nityananda Prabhu uh, brought out, so to speak, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was teaching his disciples to chant the name of Krishna, worship Krishna, follow the teachings of Krishna, um, and so forth. Uh, now, in teaching like this about Krishna and expressing such love for Krishna, his intimate associates in the Leela, sometimes they had like a, like a flash, maybe he is Krishna. He seems to be giving love of Krishna everywhere. Could he be Krishna? You know, uh, there may have been some thoughts like that. Of course, then they would wonder, as I have often say, well, if, if he's Krishna, where are his associates? His associates? And ultimately, they realized, oh, we're his associates, and we're in another leela, and so forth. We're, we're, this is a leela where we're sadhakas. But this, given that, you know, suspicions, maybe premonitions, thoughts, no one had the conviction to come out and just say it. But, but Balaram, Nityananda Prabhu, he just came out, said it, and he, and he basically said, no, don't worship Krishna, worship Bajagoranga, Kahagoranga, Lahagoranga, Namri. She had the name of Goranga, follow Goranga, uh, you know, follow his teaching and so forth. So he very forcefully, <clears throat> this, is, this is the Leela where Balaram can directly participate in Madhurya Rasa, not by tasting it in relation to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He doesn't have that kind of relationship with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's Krishna's friend. He, he's, he's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's friend. So he directly participates by the dissemination. Hmm? By widely by pointing at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, look here, look here, 
um, to everyone. And so it was uh, Nityananda who kind of like started the whole, uh, you know, uh, initiating broadly in, in, in Bengal and commissioning his, his followers, the Dwarasugo Paul, to set up uh, uh, preaching centers and initiate and so on and so forth. And uh, um, so it, he initially brought out who was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, gave him to the world in this sense, and then the breadth of his distribution. He, he is known amongst the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as being the best in terms of these things, wide dissemination, hmm? which is always very heartening. Oh, so many people are becoming devotees. Um, we see the empowerment of my Guru Maharaj by Nityananda Prabhu also resulting in the same type of wide, wide um, um, distribution. Hmm? So that's not the only kind of contribution that one could make by which one would be, for which one would be glorified, but it, but it is the type of contribution of Nityananda Prabhu. So Narottam Thakur wisely says that, um, what does he say? Um, Without, you know, without the blessing of Nityananda Prabhu, one cannot attain Radha and Krishna. Another prayer he says, he speaks about the ecstasy of Mahaprabhu with the Gambira, where he's weeping and expressing all types of, uh, uh, manifesting all types of sattvika bhavas, ecstatic symptoms. And then he says, um, Hmm? Then immediately takes us to Nityananda Prabhu. Here, this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is about. Here in the Gambira, in Puri, he's experiencing the Radha Bhava. Hmm? Now, if you want to get that, go to Nityananda Prabhu. And he will, he will remove the influence of samsara and free you for going to Vrindavan, like he did for Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami. Hmm? So through Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami uh, honored Nityananda Prabhu by leaving his brother's house where he is residing, wherein Nityananda Prabhu, he found out, was not being honored. And he became a homeless person hmm? based on that conviction. I won't live here. And then Nityananda Prabhu came to him in a dream with his associates and sent him to Vrindavan. Hmm? So there you are, you're, you're desires would be fulfilled. So Nityananda Prabhu sent him there. And on the basis of that, he went and became the great Krishna Kaviraj Goswami, author of Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, for which he's most famous and other, other texts as well. So um, it's apparent from Chaitanya Charitamrita that Krishnadas feels that Nityananda Prabhu, I've, I've come to this through him, Similarly, Vrindavandas Thakur Chaitanya Bhagavat says that Nityananda is the Lord in my heart. Nityananda Andariyami, he told me to write this book. So both Chaitanya Bhagavat and Chaitanya Charitamrita, they're coming through the commission, if you will, and the blessing of Nityananda Prabhu. So without these books, what would we know about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? So factually speaking, Nityananda Prabhu has given Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the world. Vrindavandas hmm? Thakur, his Chaitanya Bhagavat says, Nityananda Prabhu gave Gopi Bhav to the world. By The implication is by giving Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, now granted, of course, after doing that in a, just a general sense, 
without any scriptural support, just on the strength of his spiritual enthusiasm, which was enough to carry the day for many people and get the whole thing going. Hmm? Later, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu should be uh, 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 worshipped and so forth. It comes in a more sophisticated way through the commentaries of the Goswami, through the writing of Krishnadas Kabiraj, and so on and so forth. So, but they are all like following the initial spiritual kind of enthusiasm of Nityananda Prabhu, who kind of broke the whole thing open. Hmm? So, so we go through Nityananda Prabhu to get the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He gave Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the world, hmm? and by and of course by going through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to understand Radha and Krishna, then we'll be sure to understand them um, properly. Hmm? He, after all, was absorbed in the leelas of Radha and Krishna internally, but externally he was an extraordinarily strict uh, yati or, or sannyasi that, that instilled fear through his example in the hearts of older, um, very grave, uh, sannyasins from the uh, Shankar Sampradaya who came came and ultimately joined him. So his his sensual control and basic uh, saintliness was un- unquestionable, hmm? which then causes one to think, well, then his preoccupation with Rod and Krishna, which seems like preoccupation with a love affair, hmm? that love affair must not be ordinary because look at the effect it's having. Hmm? If it's done right, it has this effect. It it, it uh, extracts one from material existence and so forth. So um, and there are many stories about Radha and Krishna. The Bhagavatam is there. Stories about Radha and Krishna, and they're easy to misunderstand. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is an example of this. He said in his youth he had a, developed a, a disliking for the Bhagavatam um, because he had I was under the impression that it was rather speaking about a licentious person who, you know, was claimed to be God, playboy, Krishna. But when he read Chaitanya Charitamrita, that means when he went through Chaitanya Mahabrabhu, then he, then he oh, he, he had an epiphany. And then he became, of course, an ardent uh, uh, bhakta. So there's another um, example. Pujapachita Maharaj used to say, that if you come to to Vrindavan and the Rupa and Sanatana are at the gates and they say, who, who are you? And you say, oh, I'm so-and-so. I'm coming from Navadweep. Oh, come right in. If, if, if you're coming from Navadweep, then oh, you, you, you've got free access. That's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a famous train from Navadweep to Vrindavan. It's called the Radharani Express. So that's the one we want to be on. <laughs> Therefore, Prabhupada, not Prabhupada, what he says it another way, and I'll conclude with this, that the more one worships Goranga, hmm, the closer one comes to Radha. Hmm? That must be. Hmm? Does that help? Yes, and also I wanted to be grateful because uh, you explained Nityananda and Balaram in such a way so we can appreciate him for who he truly is, because in other places, as, as you said, the only way they can appreciate Nityananda is by mixing him with feelings that he doesn't have. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm quite aware of that. Yeah, that that's uh, that's kind of glorification of Nityananda Prabhu. Swamidharma would not approve. Hmm. Trying to make uh, Nityananda Prabhu have a romantic relationship with uh, with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a Nagar, a Nagar Bhav. That's that's not a very it's, let's say less. It's not according to the teaching of the Goswamis, right? Hmm. It places my heart to hear about you know the truly, you know. I've written about that extensively in my book, uh, forthcoming book. Book, uh, early part of the book is about the uh, the tattva of Sakirasa, and so there's a long chapter about Nityananda Prabhu, who he is. And then, so part of that is about his romantic life and what that's about and where it begins, where it ends and so forth and so on. And I've added to that an appendix, which is quite lengthy, um, about um, ideas really about Nityananda Prabhu and Balaram that are in the name of glorifying him are not following and in, in the line of the orthodox teachings of the Goswamis about Balaram. Um, so it will be interesting for you to read when it comes out. I'm, I'm very excited, uh, looking forward to it. So much in fact that when you announced the offering, offering, I mistake it for your book. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. book. I was very happy, but I was more happy because I realized that now I have two books to read. Yeah, very nice. Okay, what else? Um, yeah, Sharda, do you want to unmute yourself? Yeah. Hi, yeah. Hare Krishna, Pranams Maharaj. Yes, it is, it is, you know, I do have Oh My Friend, um, <clears throat> but the book, I've just received that. And um, I, it's more of a literary question, really. Um, it's just that there are quite a few newcomers to Saranagati, and some of them are young people as well. And they want to know about things like this, which are not directly commentaries of scriptures, but they are other other things of uh, the gurus and so on. Um, so, you know, they would ask, they might ask me, some of the people ask me, what is this book about? And it's difficult for me sometimes because <laughs> I used to be a scientist and I had an academic style of explaining and <laughs> um, I've, I'm trying to, you know, explain about certain books in a simplified way especially to younger people you uh -huh. know say they may be teenagers of families who are joining saranagati and they you know want to i want to encourage them to stay a lot of them don't stay in these places these communities um but if I, if there's a way in a style in which i can explain for example this 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 book for example, um, which can be quite complicated in English, in there, um, then I think I'd be successful, you know, in related, you know, in, in um, just introducing this type of literature to younger people or people who would not understand, you know, intellectually. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I can't really explain, but is there devotee, a style young, young, can... Are you speaking about young devotees or just nice people? Yeah. Yes. Young devotees, like yes. children of devotees. Yes. You're speaking yes. to them, and you want to be able to explain this. Yes. Book to them. If, 
Yes, yes. For example, this type of book. I mean, it's it's kind of easier to explain. You know, it's it's different when you have a, a commentary on the Bhagavad Gita because everyone kind of likes the Bhagavad Gita. But a book right. like this, I would well, need to is, explain. This book is about. really a, this book. Uh, oh, my friend is a is in a sense is a commentary on the uh, statements that Prabhupada has made himself about his own inner life. So collecting together the things that Prabhupada, is, Prabhupada did many things, hmm? and he spoke many things about preaching and opening temples, and uh, he taught the basic uh, teaching of Gaudi, of Vaishnavism, and so on and so forth, um, comprehensively and in all of his books. But at times, but there's two sides to Prabhupada. One side is his outer life as a devotee, in this world, in what we call a practitioner's body. It's a, it's a fully spiritualized, in his case, practitioner's body. But uh, along with, in Gaudi Vaishnavas, along with that body, we, we, one through their practice develops an internal body, a swarup, uh, uh, constituted of bhakti, by which, through which we participate in Krishna's uh, leelas, right? And so um, from time to time, Prabhupada, said things about his inner life. Hmm? He wrote about it in a poem. He commented at different times and responded in different circumstances sometimes um, about that. And those things have been collected hmm, in that book. And then we have commented um, on that and brought out the implications of that. So it's, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, without speculating as to the nature of Prabhupada's inner life, we've relied on what he has said about it. Hmm? And we've collected all that information and put it there. And then we're in the book, we're explaining the implications of that, which are fairly clear from what he has said, but to elaborate upon it and so forth, it's useful. And so that, that is a, that's a useful, um, if you want to, if you have affinity for Prabhupada, hmm, then um, you would, I would think you would be very interested in, in that. Uh, as, instead, of, instead of just interested in what you could see visibly, he did this, he did that, he did this. So there are many books full of antidotes of what Prabhupada said and did at this time and that time, all in relation to the mission expanding it, teaching the disciples, and so forth. These are more private moments of Prabhupada's life that, uh, where he's reflecting or some of it's coming out. Hmm? And, and many devotees just didn't catch it. But you know, we looked and found all those statements and put them all together. And it's, it's a very powerful statement about his, his inner life. So that's not something that should be ignored when he himself is talking about it, and it's certainly worth putting together. And it's, and it's interesting in that um, um, probably since the time of Nityananda Prabhu himself, who we were just, were just speaking about, uh, Nityananda Prabhu has not been more present, so to speak, in the world than he was in Prabhupada in terms of empowering him to do the kind of work he did that was just like Nityananda Prabhu's work. Hmm? 
preaching to the downcast people, you know, and, and, and disenfranchised people from Hinduism and Varnashram and so forth. Um, there were many, a number of, I should say, of saints in Vrindavan who, who um, were of the opinion that, that Prabhupada, that Nityananda Prabhu had empowered uh, uh, Prabhupada. And Sridhar of course, brought it out and thoughtfully explained that and so forth, but he wasn't the only one who, who felt in that way. Um, so, you know, in the interest, it's, it's, a, here's a book that is, is all about Prabhupada, things that Prabhupada said, like there are many books, people are writing their remembrances of Prabhupada, but it focuses on certain things that he said that are, make this book unique in relation to other books about Prabhupada. Hmm? And it's appropriate in one sense that this would be the smaller, hmm? uh, book because these are these are the inner secrets and 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 it's 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 you know and and very very expensive things come in small packages hmm? <laughs> a small diamond ring you know is that can be very 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 valuable so so it's very rich Does that help yes that helps That helps a lot because there's, there's the devotees themselves, you know, that around here, they're, they're very, you know, you know, people to Prabhupada, especially, you know, most what of them do are you here. So, Here. Guru Maharaja, you are silenced. We cannot hear you. I, I can hear you now. Sorry. <laughs> Guru Maharaja, we cannot hear you. You are silenced. How's that? Yes, that's better. Sorry. That's what, <laughs> that was, what, I, what I was saying that what's important in the community where you are to emphasize is yeah. that which is a devotee community and a lot of times these in these devotee communities they don't want to talk about problems in their life or they think it's a subject that shouldn't be discussed or they think you know that's just speculation or or something like that yeah. they're rather they're not very developed in terms of that you know kind of thinking which is fine but the thing to emphasize what this book is about it's about what Prabhupada says it's all about okay. what Prabhupada said about himself Again, in this way, in this way, in this way, in the conversation, in a letter, in a purport, the way he commented on a particular song and so on and so forth. Put all those things together and you get a composite, the implication of which is obvious. So who, who what, you know, what would be more of a blessing than for our guru to say, you know, this is my, who, who I am in, in Krishna's Leela, you know, or this is my, my sentiment in Krishna Leela. Um, mm. You know, that, that, that's, uh, uh, so we rely on Prabhupada for that. Hmm? That's important. It's not a speculation or anything like that. It's not out of bounds, as some of them think. It's what Prabhupada himself said. Are we supposed to ignore what he said? Or are we supposed to look at what he said? And if he said repeatedly, repeatedly, again and again, well, you know, then it's a concerted message. 
and the implication, as I say, is obvious and charming. Charming, as I mentioned, because I helped with that book, uh, in the book that ISKCON, for example, which is Proudfoot's mission, likes to be different than every other group, you know, think, think it's the exclusive, but this is a way that they can say we're different internally. Our Guru Marsh has this affinity for Sakyaras, which is, tends to be different. Most people in most acharyas in the Sampradaya have affinity for Madhurya Rasa, understandably, but Nityananda Prabhu, of course, is, is there. He's pretty prominent in the Sampradaya. So, you know, his influence is, is, is also there with regard to his own bhava. So this is, makes them the, the followers of Prabhupada in that sense different in a positive way, in a charming way. Hmm? And they can say, well, if you want Prabhupada in terms of Sakura, then you have to come to us. <laughs> you know? And that would be, that'd be charming. That's not like, you know, we're right and everybody's wrong, but we're different in this particular way. And it's, it's, it's charming, hmm? something like that. So, but it's what Prabhupada says. We're only commenting on what he says. And the comments are, are some of them are insightful and whatnot, but they're all scripturally well um, well supported. Okay? You're muted, Sharda. Okay, she's saying okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Okay, um, Indra, um, this is not uh, the Indra that you know. This is a new Indra from Germany, a young lady, devotee. Okay. She's going to ask a question. I know her too. <laughs> Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna Maharaj, Hare Krishna, all devotees. I hope you're well. I hope you're not hurting because of the accident. Oh, well, yeah. a little bit, but I don't think about it when I'm talking to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I actually have like a lot of questions, but I think uh, just like one that would get me like through the week, I guess, would be uh, what is your favorite Leela? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, the, uh, in the Bhagavatam, there are um, a number of leelas. I'd like to say that there are, uh, Krishna has three personalities uh, in, the, in the Braj uh, uh, leela, which is really the part of the Bhagavatam that we're, we're focused on. And that is, uh, he's the son of Yashoda. He's the friend of Sridham and Subal. Two, and then he's a the lover of Radha. Hmm? So these are his three distinct uh, personalities. Hmm? And they correspond then with Vatsalya, Sakya, and Madhurya. And if you look there in the Bhagavatam in the section dealing with the Brajalila, there are several chapters put together about the Vatsalya, centered around the Dhamadar Lila where Krishna is stealing butter, and there, there are a number of chapters there. So that's like a Vatsalya Rasa center. And then beginning with the, maybe the 11th, really the end of the, the 11th uh, uh, chapter, the 10th canto, up through the 12th, 13th, where Krishna becomes a calf herder, and Krishna um, kills Agasura, Brahma is enlightened, uh, through chapter 14, then chapter 15, Krishna becomes a cow herder rather than a calf herder. That's the Gopastami leelas. Um, 
then you go into uh, uh, that. That's the main kind of section of the Bhagavatam about Sakyarasa. That takes us from the end of Krishna's Kumar, his childhood, all the way up to his Kishore. At the end of the fifteenth chapter, his Kishore Leela is, uh, is, is 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 beginning, um, and that that section of Krishna's life is most charming to the uh to the to, to the uh, uh friends of krishna so that's like a sakiras center um after that there's some other chapters in the bhagavatam where sakiras is also um highlighted in krishna's kishore uh leela um and they're interesting and significant um, um but then after that, we come to the five chapters about the Rasa Leela. Now here is the Madhurya Rasa center. So here Krishna is the, the lover of Radha. Hmm? So we have these, these three uh, sentiments are emphasized in the Bhagavatam by clusters of chapters hmm? that deal with them. The purpose of which is to attract devotees um, in in in, in 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 relation to one of those sentiments, or to nourish devotees, sentiments who have acquired some scars for them through association, hmm? knowingly or, or unknowingly. The difference between the Bhagavatam and other Puranas uh, and texts uh, that speak about Krishna Lila, Puranas in particular, is that the Bhagavatam is really centered on trying to bring out the feelings, talking about uh, Krishna's life in such a way as to, as to showcase these feelings that, that you might that be impacted by them. Hmm? Therefore, it's said to be a book, of, a, a, a rasic book. Nigamakalpaturogalitam phalam sukumukadamratadrabhasamitam pibatabhagotam rasam malayam. So, and the book begins in that way. Um, that's the, the the third verse of the Bhagavatam. It's giving a benediction to the readers that you might drink from the the the, the fountain of, of of rasa. This book is all about, which distinguishes it from, for example, the other Puranic texts. Um, so, those are the three centers. And um, my attraction is to the uh, chapters, the section that deals with Krishna's um, friendship. Uh, with his friends in Brudge. And um, I can't, um, uh, those chapters and then sections in other chapters where we, wherever we find that. Is there, is there a favorite amongst those? Um, I um, very much uh, like the point, it's a hidden point in the 15th chapter of the 10th canto where, uh, Krishna has actually, you know, we can understand through commentaries and what, and has sat to, well, they've been playing for some time, it's, and, 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 and so the cowherds are becoming hungry. Hmm? And so um, this is while well, cowherding, Krishna has become a cowherder. So I would say Gopastami, Krishna becomes a cowherder. You know, this is very, very attractive. I should say that. Uh, and I've written extensively about that Leela, um, all the, the drama leading up to it, the opposition to it from his parents and so forth, uh, how his friends 
um, help to give him support and so forth, that he can finally break out and become a full cow herder and so forth. I find that very attractive. But in that uh, 15th chapter where he becomes a cow herder, then there's a point um, where they're herding and they become hungry and they, they sit to, to, to eat. Meanwhile, Krishna's feeling a hunger at the same time for meeting with the gopis. And um, so he makes an excuse. Or one of his narmasakas make an excuse for him, understanding his own mood. And, um, and then they break off from the main group. And so I want to go. I want to be invited. <laughs> That's uh, waiting for the call. So I like that section. As I said quite a bit there, more than I probably should have. <laughs> Jai, thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Another question? Rego, you want to ask your question? Dandavat Guru Maharaj. Okay. Uh, as you know, I'm working now with the Shandilia and Narada Bhakti Sutras. And these are fairly late texts, I think. I, they're prob almost certainly later than the Goswamis. Narada Bhakti Sutras and what? Shandilia Bhakti Sutra. Uh-huh. Uh, did Sridhar Maharaj ever speak about these texts? I never heard him speak about Narada Bhakti Sutras. And as, as you say, the Goswamis certainly don't quote them. I think that Rupa Goswami's definition of of uh, Uttam Bhakti in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he does draw support from Narada, but uh, not from a verse from, maybe from Narada Pancharatra. What is it where uh, he says? Sarvopadi Vinir Muktam. Sarvopadi Vinir Muktam Tatpratvaninyamalam Rishikena Rishikesha Sevadam Bhakti Ruchate. He gives that as a support verse um, for his verse, which kind of take, goes into a little more detail about what is Uta Bhakti. Um, um, but uh, yeah, right, they never, they never cite um, Nard's Bhakti Sutra. So it must be a later text and Sridhar Marsh never quoted it. Um, I've never studied it. I know it's become a little popular in some of the, some of the yoga circles. Hmm? where bhaktis become a popular, you know, word and they have t-shirts like be in the bhav and so forth, as if it were that easy. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, and that's been a couple people in, the, in that community that have written commentaries. It's nice that a Vaishnava like yourself is, is writing a, a commentary. I hope you'll refer to the earlier, uh, really, Probably the, I think, objectively, it's it's very very clearly the most comprehensive text on bhakti would be bhakti rasamrita sindhu. It's it's you know like I've in my book in the opening chapter I've written a little bit about the nature of friendship in this world. What is the nature of friendly love in this world in relation to, for example, erotic love or parental love, and how the latter two are dependent upon um, friendly love in order for them to be uh, complete and so forth and how the how the latter two are are more biologically driven hmm, 
whereas the friendly love is not as, as if at all, biologically driven. It's free and independent to, to make a friendship. And it, it's, it's a little bit transcends in that sense. The bodily uh, drives for parenting and, and uh, partnering and, um, and so forth. It's, it's set aside a little bit. Um, but um, anyway, in writing about that uh, briefly, I'm talking about the, the first part of the book, which is the circumference of the circle of friends. And the circumference is, the, is then the, the, the tattva parameters within which this love for Krishna as a friend will, will, will arise. And so, you know, if you want to draw a circle, you a circle of friends, you could ask what the most favorite, what the most important part is. You say the friends, that's true. But you could also argue, well, the circumference is the most important part because without the circumference, you can't find the friends and how that those friends are differentiated from worldly friends or other types of friends and so on and so forth. And so in the context of speaking, writing about that, I've, I, I've, of course, gone to the, to the uh, uh, point that this book is about friendly love as described by Rupa Goswami. Hmm? So it's, it's a kind of Rupanuga, <laughs> kind of following of Rupanuga. Uh, sometimes the term Rupanuga, I think it was first uh, coined by um, uh, Raghunathas Goswami at his last verse of Manashiksha. And he speaks about um, following uh, Rupa, Man, Rupa Manjari, the Yuta. Actually, he uses the term Yuta, which means a, the group of, of, um, of Rupa that he wants to enter into. So Rupanuga, in, in kind of the full sense of the term, means to follow Rupa Goswami's teachings, to follow the mood, the bhava of Rupa Goswami. But here we're following the teachings of Rupa Goswami on Sakya Bhava. Hmm? In that sense, we follow him in that sense. And of course, then I go on to say, and, and of course, Rupa Goswami, incidentally, is also following someone else who's Nityananda Prabhu. And he can't get any, he can't get any bhava, in the sense we said earlier, without Nityananda Prabhu. So, so, but anyway, my point is only that it, and I brought it out there just briefly that, that, that this is just one example. Rupa Goswami's book, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, it's all about bhakti and bhakti rasa. And, you know, what he has said about Sakya Rasa in a hundred some verses is more than has ever been written anywhere. If you could collect everything together that's been written about Sakya Rasa. The idea that there are different types of friends and what and and um, and what type of uh, besides their dominant emotion of friendship, what type of other auxiliary bhavas are it, it, uh, have an influence on them? What are the qualities of Krishna that they that they that stand out to them? And so all these things, what Krishna looks like to them in particular, as opposed to what he looks like to his parents or what he looks like to, uh, to, to other devotees and other sentiments. It's really extraordinary. And then he's done that with every rasa. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's just part of the book, you know. Um, uh, so it's a, quite a tome. Uh, there's nothing, nothing to compare to it. And it, it needs a little more airtime. You know, it's, 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 it's a pity in a sense that Narada Bhakti Sutras have gotten as much um, uh, uh, you know, publicity and, and and whatnot as a book, the book, the, the definitive book about Bhakti. Of course, Nard is a, is a is a is a 
you know, mytho-historical mytho person, paradigmatic personality, obviously devotee, uh, and so forth, appearing throughout the different Puranas and whatnot, whereas Rupa Goswami is, you know, exclusive to Gaudiya Vaishnavas appearing in that tradition. Uh, it, it looks to be a little smaller, but what he said is much bigger and, and, uh, and, and things about Nar that you would never have understood, you can, which are quite extraordinary, you'll find out from Rupa Goswami and, and of course his follower, Jiva Goswami. So I'm glad you're working on that. Yeah, and give a plug there for, for Bhakti Rasamrita Sinhu so that people might turn their attention. Of course, it's a tome, it's a, it's a big book. It's not an easy book to read. I've had an idea for some time to write. Uh, well, Bhakti Rasamrita Sinhu, of course, the way it works is that Rupa Goswami will give his own verse and then he'll often cite verse one, two, three or more verses from other places to support it and explain it and so forth. And then it goes back to his verse and then explain it. So it's quite lengthy in that sense. But I, I thought to do a book, uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu Sar, the essence of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, and just take the verses of Rupa Goswami themselves without the supporting verses and then write a commentary in which some of the supporting verses may be found in the commentary, if you will, um, which makes it easier to go from like verse to verse and, and which would shorten the book without, um, really without uh, uh, compromising the, um, you know, the, the, the content, I think. But that's a big, big undertaking. So just a thought. So there we are, we're out of time. Are there more questions? We have one more. Um, we'll take one more. I'm gonna take one more. Tadas? You need to unmute yourself. Yep, can you hear me? Yes, we can, I can. Um, in, in many of your lectures, I have heard when you say that, um, that uh, you should come here, sit and doubt. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the uh, other day I was reading uh, Bhagavad Gita, and uh, uh, there is chapter four and um, text forty, and it sounds like this: "But ignorant and faithless persons who doubt the revealed scriptures do not attain God consciousness, for the doubting soul there is." There is no, for the doubting soul, there is happiness neither in this world nor in the next. So, could, could you please explain how, how should they come sit and doubt when Bhagavad Gita says that I shouldn't? <laughs> right, we shouldn't doubt that we need help, we shouldn't doubt that we that we, we we're not going to come up with a comprehensive understanding of the meaning of life unto ourselves. We shouldn't doubt that we're in, a, we're in some, we're, we're suffering. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't doubt that we want to be happy. Mm -hmm. um, we shouldn't doubt that, that, that the world, let's say, is bigger than us. Mm -hmm. and, and that it's alive. It's not a dead thing. We shouldn't doubt that. We're alive. We're not more than the world ourselves. The world is bigger than us. 
why should we not give it a life? Hmm? So if it wants to reveal itself to us, it can be known. If it doesn't, well, um, there's nothing we can do to, to, to know it. Um, and when I speak of the world, I mean God, uh, you know, different ways of speaking about it. But um, if we, you know, I, say, I would say prior to that, if we have doubts whether there is God or not or whatnot, then uh, obviously we, we, we shouldn't just doubt, but we should express our doubts to those who think otherwise, act otherwise, and see if they can't um, remove our doubts, right? Hmm? So Krishna's not speaking about that. Obviously, everyone, no, people don't know they're in the darkness, so they're, so they're doubting, so they're moving with suspicion, and, and their, their animation, to some extent, is, is suspended. Hmm? Um, the function of intelligence is to doubt, to question. Hmm? So what Krishna is speaking about in the Gita is, is, is something different. Hmm? He's speaking about, we shouldn't doubt that there are answers. Hmm? We shouldn't doubt that, that God or the, the whole has the capacity to relieve, reveal itself to the part. Hmm? And that the part cannot realize the whole unto itself. Only when the part is connected with the whole does it realize its part hmm? in the whole. Hmm? And if we doubt about that, then what, what, what can be done, right? Then you're lost. Hmm? You may doubt about it. You should express it. But if I can't convince you, well, you're not a very intelligent person. <laughs> I mean, yeah, your intelligence is, is too much governed by Rajaguna rather than by, by Satvaguna. You may have big intelligence, but the quality of it is such that you have decided that the world has no meaning, no purpose, I mean, this is scientific, you know, materialism and materialism as a philosophy, which is a prominent philosophical um, theme in the, in, 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 the, in the philosophical, intellectual and uh, community informed by, by science. Materialism, you can call it physicalism, naturalism, there are many different names for it, nuanced names, but it all comes down to the same thing, that life has no purpose. There's no real meaning. There's only human constructed meanings that we make up as we as we as we go along um, for self-preservation or, or whatever um, but there is no real meaning and so there is no real absolute right or wrong act and by extension there's no right or wrong thought so the whole thing's you know the person who espouses such a philosophy is disqualifying himself from even participating in any further discussion. Hmm? But they want to go on and discuss. There's no meaning to life. They got the no meaning meaning to life. Hmm? Life has no meaning. That's the meaning. And they're really bent on convincing people of the meaning. But all, all that says to us is, see, life has a meaning. <laughs> you can't get away from it. You keep thinking there's a meaning. You think there's a there's no meaning meaning. The meaning is... There's no meaning. We're all robots. We're, you know, so, you know, if you want to, you know, if you're a self-professed robot, well, I'm not. So, you know, you could talk with other robots, but there's no point in talking with me because I'm not a robot. Hmm? 
You may think I am, but I'm, but I'm not. Hmm? Um, so, I mean, that's basically what they're saying. In materialism, the, th the thought is that everything that's happening is going to happen no matter what anybody does because there's nobody to do anything. There's no will that has efficacy that's an, that's an agent of action. So, you know, whatever happened in the debate was what was going to happen before the debate even began. So, in a sense, these, these people are disqualifying themselves from, they're saying debates are meaningless. So, <laughs> so why should I sit in a debate with someone who says philosophically from the outgo, on, from the outset, that the debate is meaningless? It won't reach any conclusion from coming from you or me. It's just whatever, a mathematical you know, process or whatever. So uh, a mechanical process. So it's one thing to have those doubts, and a lot of people have those doubts, and they're proud of them and so forth, but they probably have not thought out the implications of them. Neither is it a philosophical perspective that one can live. One can't live like life has no meaning. Hmm? Um, so aside from that, hmm, you're a devotee. So um, I'm saying you should come and sit before the guru and doubt, and Krishna says doubting souls are lost. So the difference is that we can doubt what the scripture says, what it means, uh, uh, what the implication is. Those kind of doubts are the function of our growing spiritual intelligence that we exercise by way of asking and voicing the doubts that they may be answered, that they may, may, may be satisfied. Mm -hmm. But um, just uh, be overwhelmed by the Tamaguna influence of doubting um, uh, to the point that it's counterproductive and you don't ask questions or you, you know, there's a kind of a, there's a kind of, there's a kind of a person that, yes, but, yes, but like, you know, I've, I've answered questions to, to, to a young man a number of times or a young lady in the evening fully. And in the morning they come back and ask the same question with different words. In the next morning, same question with different words. So, yeah. so the emotions are, are really driving them, not their intelligence. And, and, and this is a sign of Tamaguna. And that can be very strong for some people, and that makes it, you know, uh, difficult. So it's a way of saying the Tamaguna, too much absorbing Tamaguna makes it difficult to, uh, you know, to, to, to uh, um, uh, proceed in a in spiritual life. So there's a place uh, for doubting, for, for doubting what the meaning of the scripture is in this particular instance, or what the implication is in these circumstances, how it applies to me now at this time, or what is, this verse says this over here, this one says that over there, how do they work together? Those kind of doubts are not doubting in, in the, 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 the overarching concept of the need for revelation, hmm? to know. Hmm? but they're doubting what the revelation is actually saying in any instance. Our faith, we call it Shastriya Shraddha. So we have faith in revelation, faith that we require help from that side, the other side to know. And one of the major installments of that response from the other side is the sacred texts like Srimad Bhagavatam. But what Bhagavatam means here and there, we can have a doubt about, or somebody says this, or somebody says it means that. Those type of doubts, they should be exercised 
And then we, we have a clearer, clearer understanding of the revelation in the form of the Shastra, which will strengthen our faith. Does that help? Yeah. Okay. So um, I could go on a lot about that, but we're over time. So I'll stop there. And I hope to see you next week. And thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Wonderful having you. And yeah. questions. Hadi Bolo. Hadi Bolo. Hadi Bolo. Hadi Bolo. Hadi Bolo. Hadi Bolo.